Welcome to the Winning Drive Podcast, where Parkland USA employees discover the tools, strategies, and resources to increase safety, productivity, and success. Here's your host, Ben Fanning. And hey there, Parkland USA. This is your host, Ben Fanning, and this is the news of the week. Every week, we'll highlight relevant Parkland USA news to help you stay informed. And congratulations to our Kellerstrass dealer sites on some great industry recognition. Chevron announced its image and customer first annual rankings for 2020, and Kellerstrass was ranked as one of the top marketers. Every year, Chevron conducts quarterly mystery shopping evaluations of its marketers' dealer sites to ensure high standards for the locations and great customer service. Kellerstrass 61 Chevron dealer sites received a top position ranking in the West region amongst its peers. They received a 96.6%. That's right, 96.6% for image scores and a 97.7% for customer first scores. This puts Kellerstrass in the top three. The ranking is based on criteria including signage, cleanliness, customer interaction, and overall imaging. Great work. The recognition Here, showcases the clean, professional, and safe experiences our dealer sites create for customers every day and our role in creating those positive experiences. Now, let's move into values and bold behaviors. Every week, we're highlighting one of our values or bold behaviors. It's a good reminder of how we are to work and why this work actually matters. Today's focus is our value of safety. Our safety value states that we protect our workforce, customers, and our environment, and it is our primary priority. And if it can't be done safely, don't do it. Please remember that it's your right to refuse unsafe work. Stop, think, and act every day to stay safe. And we care about you, and we want you to return home safely every night to your loved ones. In this episode, I interview Director of Operational Excellence, David Gurney, and boy, is this a lively episode. And as we get in, there are three key takeaways to keep in mind. The difference between amateurs and professionals is entirely based on their habits and mindset. The only way to become better at anything is to spend time working on it. Point number two, amateurs stall after failure. Professionals grow after failure because they understand that failure is an inevitable and necessary part of growth. To said, the greatest professionals also learn from the failures and near misses of others. And then point three, you can't think in that like a pro if you still believe that you're an amateur in the first place. This is why it's so important to shift your identity. You have the power right now to believe that you are a professional. Do this. Of course, after listening to this episode, do this. Recognize that your professionalism matters. You owe it to yourself, your family, your colleagues, and your community to be a professional. More is riding on your professionalism than you may realize. Enjoy the episode. Your safety is our top priority. Please ensure that you've completed your mandatory HSC training. And HSE stands for Health, Safety, and Environmental. It's critical information that keeps you and your coworkers safe. Our goal is 100% completion because it helps us know that our employees have the skills they need to work safely. 
Your manager has a list of those who still need to complete this training and will be getting with you if you need to finish it. Please complete this training as soon as possible and you can find it in the Parkland Learning Center under Parkland People. Hey Dave, welcome to the winning drive. Great to be here, Ben. So let's jump into this episode and tell everyone listening today what's going on here. We have got Dave, and I'll let Dave introduce himself in just a second, but he is the safety guru for Parkland USA. And this is the first of 12 weekly episodes, and they're yeah, going to come out consecutively. And this is specifically geared towards professional drivers, although I think based on what you're going to hear today, it would probably be beneficial for anyone inside Parkland USA, and, and they could take something away from it. But Dave, perhaps we can begin with you telling us a little bit about your background and responsibilities. Happy to. But before I do that, I would like to change my title from safety guru to operational excellence guru. Every <laughs> right. time somebody right. says You're safety to that. me, <laughs> I, I, I don't like using that word because it makes people fall asleep. I've conducted enough safety meetings to know that um, it leads to narcolepsy. So to avoid that, <laughs> let's focus on what nice. we okay. really mean, and that's operational excellence. Got it. So, I love it. So, um, and besides uh, talking about myself as my favorite subject, so um, I like to think of that as excellence and not safe. Um, yeah. The, <laughs> The thing that I'd like to talk about today is the heroism of our drivers mm. and um, why I think I'm in a, an excellent position to point this out. I come from three generations of professional pilots. My grandfather flew airmail with Charles Lindbergh. He barnstormed. In fact, Lindbergh sold his first Jenny, his first aircraft, to pay my father's hospital bills when, wow. when he passed too close to the Charles Lindbergh? Yes, the first man to fly solo across the Atlantic. Oh, wow. Well, um, he passed too close to my father's parachute, and here's a connection with drivers. My father jumped from Lindbergh's airplane with a muslin parachute that had the shroud line separated by a car steering wheel. And uh, when he passed too close, the wingtip vortices collapsed the, the chute, and he fell into the stands, breaking his shoulder. But uh, let's move on from that. My father as well was a career pilot, but in his case, it was a military pilot. Mm -hmm. He was commissioned in the Air Force after graduating from West Point, and we were stationed in Honolulu, Hawaii, when I was born at Tripler Army Hospital. And against all odds, I became a military pilot as well. And my grandfather at that time was flying United Airlines routes from Los Angeles to Honolulu. And so we saw each other mm. frequently and we went flying together frequently. My wow. grandfather was a lot more patient than my father. So my grandfather not only taught me to drive a car, but he taught me to fly an airplane, his 1927 de Havilland Gypsy Moth biplane. Um, and a true story here, my grandparents and my father, my parents, my mother and father felt that flying by myself in a biplane was safer 
than being on the highway with other people. I don't know if that's a testament <laughs> how, to how dangerous I, I am or, or how dangerous yeah. other people are. Wow. But I flew an airplane by myself before I drove a car by myself. Wow. Um, now, so, now, now, you did learn to drive, though, on the right side of the road. I know pilots <laughs> typically land in the middle, right? They, they straddle the line when they land. That's, that's true. And I yeah. sometimes do that in my car, too. <laughs> <laughs> Old habits die hard. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's very interesting that. So, you know, what I'm taking away from that is that this is, you know, it, this is in your DNA. This is in who you are. You grew up with, with transportation in your blood. And I would say I grew up with risk, although the risks that my grandfather and father faced were far greater than those that I faced. But they were real nonetheless because I flew the AV-8B Harrier jump jet, which is a single-piloted, single-engine fighter that carries five tons of bombs, rockets, missiles, napalm, uh, as well as other unique munitions like uh, aerial landmines. But the bottom line Mm -hmm. is that... uh, we crashed a lot of Harriers. We crashed more than half of the Harriers that we cost. And when you think about it, throwing $30 million down the drain um, several at a time uh, can add up pretty quickly. But our drivers also drive very expensive rigs, and they've become more and more technologically advanced as time goes on with Bendix wingmen and fusion systems, drive cam, and Mm. other accoutrements that make them safer on the road in the face of uh, a dangerous general public. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I, hearing you talk about what you like the bombs that, that you used to fly around at and, and how highly explosive those are and what the drivers are transporting, right. It's pretty sensitive stuff too. Exactly right. That's a great point. They carry 7,500 gallons of gasoline oh, uh, from time yeah. to time. And, there's, there's a difference between flammable and explosive, and cars run because of small explosions inside that engine, and mm-hmm. gasoline is uh, has, hazmat. Um, they're, they're driving effectively bombs, but I could control mm-hmm. my environment when I was flying in the air at 36,000 feet. Um, I didn't have to worry about distracted pilots running into me while texting how cool they are on Facebook. I never encountered any supersonic drunks or jets being piloted by kids Uh sitting in their parents' laps. There's no such thing as rush hour going to the bombing range, and I didn't have to worry about an F-15 pilot cutting me off an afterburner as he rushed to get his wife in labor to the hospital commercial truck drivers behind the wheel of veritable bombs alongside amateur drivers should feel like long-tailed cats in a rocking chair factory while navigating our nation's highways. Mm. No mistake. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you say that they are that commercial drivers are heroes, you're really painting that picture. And I'm beginning to understand that even more. It's not just themselves that our drivers are saving with their professionalism. Uh, Last week, I watched a drive cam video where one of our drivers arguably saved the life of a motorist who had lost control in heavy rain and was spinning across all four lanes of traffic heading in the same direction on the turnpike. That driver was a hero. He had his head in the game. He wasn't distracted. Long before the reckless motorist spun into his lane, he had anticipated a worst-case scenario, safely moved to the right, and decelerated responsibly to keep other drivers behind him from becoming involved. 
Our mm. drivers don't get enough credit for the risk that they manage and the protections that they afford the general public. Uh, in a macro sense, our economy is dependent upon our nation's truck drivers and those mm. who deliver energy in particular. I could talk for hours on the acts of bravery that I've seen from our drivers over the past decade. Yeah, you know, that makes a lot of sense to me. And this has been this podcast, of course, being recorded during the, you know, 20. 2020, 2021 global pandemic really drives that point on even further in terms of how mm. important transportation is. Yes. Mm. And uh, I've learned from our drivers um, as well as the pilots that I used to lead and fly with that the difference between amateurs and professionals is primarily based on their habits and their mindset. Mm. And the only way they be come better at anything is to spend time working at it. Continuous improvement. Hmm. Well, it's one of the things that I'm picking up on your, <laughs> in your career. So the connection between your military and civilian careers has centered on preventing bad things from happening. <laughs> that's, that, a, um, right? that's a good way to put it. Absolutely. Um, w- there are myriad risks that are managed by our professional drivers. And it starts at the very beginning when they talk to the dispatchers and they consider the proper routes to take in the face of inclement weather or traffic conditions. They go out and they pre-flight their jet. I mean, they pre-trip inspect their truck. (laughs) It's very similar. And they Mm -hmm. make sure that it is ready to get out there on the road Uh, with other drivers. They take it to a terminal or it might be preloaded with fuel lubricants in the proper compartments. Then they need to know Mm -hmm. what is in each of those compartments before they get out there and make their deliveries in a proper order. There are risks associated with being on the highway, but there are additional risks at the delivery site. There's a lot of tanks out there, and not all of them are properly labeled, and some of them don't have easy access to the fill point. And the drivers have to exercise great judgment and manage risk. If if the tank isn't properly labeled or he can't safely get to the top, he's got to stop right there and call dispatch and uh, coordinate the next steps so that we can manage the risks associated with the deliveries. Then he still has to get back. Dave, so so what happens if they're in that situation and and they can't get a hold of dispatch? Uh, We will not make a delivery to a tank without having a absolute certainty that we are putting the right product in the right tank. Crossover prevention is absolutely essential. We can do tens of thousands of dollars of damage by mixing the wrong products. And we have got to get that clarity. If we can't obtain it through dispatch or through the supervisor on the site, then we're not going to make the delivery. And we have to make a a distinction between some um, apparatchik, a low-level functionary at the site and the site manager. Time after time, I've seen incidents where the person says, yeah, that's the right tank and doesn't know what he's talking about. And we end up having a problem. And then the supervisor said, well, why didn't he talk to me? So we do have to exercise careful due diligence when we are on site. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, I know that probably drivers have, have had that situation or they've thought through like that's, that's how they would respond, but it's great to get that reminder and that walkthrough and 
you know, for you. So everybody knows what, what exactly to do in those situations. Now, bad, bad yeah, things yeah, are ahead. going to happen from time to time. Um, yeah. they're, they are going to have hopefully small mistakes. Yeah. Uh, and amateurs, um, they stall after failure. But professional drivers grow because they understand that failure is an inevitable and necessary part of growth. And what makes a professional driver a great professional is mm-hmm. his or her ability to learn from the failures and near misses of others. Yeah. And that's one of the, you know what, that's a great point of this podcast too, because we're going to be sharing some of that and you're going to be walking us through, you know, through things that have happened in the past that, you know, that maybe you experienced when you were even, even in your flying days to, to when you're, you know, working with various drivers and sharing those experiences so we can all learn from them. the yeah, parallels between our professional drivers and professional pilots were really striking to me when I began doing driver standardization okay. meetings every month. Tell us more. Um, yeah. Eleven years ago, mm-hmm. um, when I first began conducting them, um, I was immediately struck by our professional truck drivers' vocation and those of fighter pilots. They go far beyond annual physicals and hazmat certifications and hours of service. They both groups of professionals do careful pre-flight or pre-trip inspections, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they both load, haul, and deliver um, sometimes hazardous cargo. Um, they both wear fire-resistant personal protective equipment, PPE. Um, they both navigate. They think about alternate routes, and they plan the target uh, deliveries. Um, we dropped bombs on tanks and they drop fuel on tanks and uh, (laughs) they en route or if there's a problem when they get there they communicate with dispatch they monitor the instruments in their trucks they have um, technical details to deal with does that tank have a clock gauge Um, how do we know how much ullage there is that is space available within the tank to prevent an overfill Um, they they have emergency procedures just like jet pilots. They deal with rude people just like jet pilots. Sometimes coming into the target area, these infantrymen who had people shooting artillery and guns at them all day were really short-tempered. And so our drivers, just like fighter pilots, had to calm people down sometimes and, and to, to sort out friction on site. And, and if necessary, if the clients well, on site are rude to, to Detach themselves and talk to dispatch. You know, you're known for saying this expression about parking our ego at the door. Exactly. What, what is that about? Parking our ego means that when we put on our Parkland uniforms, whether it's Farstad or Tropic Oil or uh, others, we no longer represent only ourselves, our ego. If on site, a person under stress for whatever reason associated with their business um, is intemperate, short-tempered, or rude. Hmm. They're not being rude to us as individuals. They're being rude to our uniform. In fact, they may have a complaint about a past billing action that our drivers have no insight to and are not to blame for. And so hmm. we really can't wear our hearts on our sleeves and say, he disrespected me and lose our temper. It's not about us. It's about 
the companies that we represent. And that's what I call parking our ego. Yeah, I love that. And it reminds me of something that my great or my grandfather used to say, which is rise above it. So you may be getting pulled, don't get pulled down into the, in a disgruntled person driving that's all mad or irritated or losing their cool. It's easy to say it's hard to do when you're actually involved. And so don't think I'm not sympathetic. I am. Uh, But we've got to rise above that because that's another thing that separates professionals from amateurs. You can't think and act like a pro if you still believe and act like you're an amateur. This is why it's so important to shift your identity. You have the power right now to believe that you're a pro, and that makes all the difference in the world. Parkland USA is looking for other great drivers just like you, and we are paying you for it. We have an employee referral program that pays drivers for any leads that become drivers for us. Have a friend or family member with a CDL license who'd like to come work for Parkland? Please pass their name and contact information to your dispatcher and people in culture manager. If they get hired, you get paid up to a few thousand dollars depending on the area of the country. You are listening to the Winning Drive Podcast. Now back to the show with your host, Ben Fanning. Tell me about how that ties in with a moment when you were 25 years old. And (laughs) yeah, I think you know the story I'm talking about. Well, are you talking about the ejection story? (laughs) There's so many. That and the one that resulted in a medal. Oh, that happened at Naval Air Station, Kingsville, Texas, when I was a flight instructor. In fact, I taught out-of-control flight, which is perfect for me. Uh, I loved (laughs) spinning jets, uh, direct and inverted. And during the course of one of my inverted spins, the aircraft took a lateral high G um, turn that was unexpected, but it was a... um, gun tractor jet. In other words, it had the ability to tow a banner for air-to-air gunnery. And by virtue of unusual weight distribution, it had a more violent spin characteristic. And when that happened, it shut down the engines, both of them, and it broke the spline, the backbone of the jet. So the first job, of course, was to recover from the spin we were in, take control away from the students, and then get the engines restarted. I got one restarted and I turned towards home under power of one engine and it failed again. Um, There was internal damage to the blades blades as a result. And the bottom line is I got it restarted and I limped in and made it over the threshold and landed and there was no further damage to the jet. But I got a medal for that, an air medal um, for heroism. And if the world was a fair place, our drivers would have more medals than North Korean generals from the top of their shoulder down to their shirt tails. Uh, Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. because our drivers do sometimes get injured, I'm afraid too many of them would have been purple hearts. But the Mm -hmm. fact is our drivers are unsung heroes. They perform acts of bravery every day of the week, whether they're in the Southeastern rock or the Rockies rock or the Northern tier rock. We just recently had a driver pull a client out of a burning barn uh, who had third degree burns over 25% of his body. Wow. We have so many heroic drivers for so many reasons, not just the one who had the car spin out in front of him, but I swear to you, not a week goes by 
that our drivers don't do something so impressive they far eclipse me limping a jet into a runway. Yeah, I mean, what the stories you're sharing with me that you know what really strikes me is that, and as a driver, you know, I think about my own safety and I'm thinking about myself and the people in my car. Uh, and the drivers, of course, are thinking about what they're carrying and their own safety. But what you're also telling me today that's really got my wheels turning is that there's a, they also have a real external outward focus. Like they're being aware of their surroundings. They're looking to, you know, be, be great stewards uh, of the road. And, um, I mean, it just seems like representing Parkland is about more than just themselves. Uh, it's Absolutely. about, you know, being a great driver out there and, and being a positive force in the world. They're stewards of human material and brand assets. They're driving rolling billboards that have our brands on the oh, side I and like their that. professional behavior can be seen by yeah. all and sundry on the road. But to follow up uh, your point, our drivers have seen it all. They're out there on the road for 10 hours a day and over time, yeah. they've learned to recognize that sometimes an aggressive driver isn't just the jerk that the amateur drivers imagine that person to be. Our professional drivers know that sometimes that is a person carrying a child who has a bad laceration or a husband mm. carrying a wife who's about to give birth, that there are reasons for some people to do things out there and they give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm. The fact is that our drivers get paid the same whether they drive really fast or drive the speed limit. And we want them to be good stewards of our assets and our community reputation. And so they, they are able to see through um, common occurrences and imagine professional reasons for things to be happening the way they are and they don't get angry. That's what makes some professionals. So I want to be a good steward of your time too, Dave, as we do this. I know you've got other things to do, but I wanted you, I was hoping you could share uh, before we got on the air about the ejection seat story, because I think that ties in really well with what all, a lot of the stuff that we've been discussing here on today's show. The reason why I wanted to mention that was because we installed drive cam cameras in our trucks, and I learned a lot of things about the habit patterns of amateurs and professionals. Our professional drivers always strap themselves in. You cannot know what will happen to you on a common route? Not very long ago, two of our drivers returning from Key West in a tank wagon at dusk encountered a person heading the wrong direction on the turnpike. This motorist failed to navigate a 270-degree on-ramp. The closure speed was such they didn't have a chance to scream and uh, before they had the head-on collision. There are many circumstances like that. and. The connection I wanted to underline is I encountered a number of drivers that weren't wearing their seatbelts, and it surprised me to no end because over time, we had so many videos showing our drivers being surprised by unexpected people cutting them off or jumping on the brakes because they weren't sure they wanted to take the off-ramp or not. And in my experience, you have to be prepared for everything and 
one day while performing in an air show when I was 25 years old, we had a jet parked on the tarmac as part of a static display during an air show. A static display means that it just sits there with the safety pins into the landing gear and the ejection seat, and the general public is allowed to come and climb a ladder and look inside the cockpit. One teenage young man Hmm. managed to climb inside the cockpit of a jet, Uh and for reasons unknown, he unpinned the ejection seat, and then he pulled the handle. He wasn't strapped into the ejection seat, just as drivers may not necessarily be strapped into their truck before something bad happens. And something very bad happened to this young man. He was catapulted 300 feet into the air and came down on the cement. He, because he wasn't connected to the ejection seat, the parachute is, the ejection seat came down safely, had a nice soft landing, but the young man was dead. And so- Mm. The point that I wanted to underline with this is that our drivers have to be prepared for everything, and there is no reason in the world not to be um, buckled into your truck. There's no reason in the world not to walk around your truck after stopping and getting out. You don't know what has happened, what has crawled underneath your truck in the interim, and professionals do the due diligence of ensuring that they have covered all of the obvious risks. What a story and what a powerful, powerful illustration, Dave. So let me get this straight. I'm going to roll through here the, the three big three big takeaways for the listeners here. Number one, the difference between amateurs and professionals is entirely based on their habits and their mindset. The only way to become better at anything is to spend time working at it. And right. And it takes experience, it takes focus and intensity to really make sure that you're working at it each and every day. And then number two, amateurs stall at failure. Professionals grow after failure because they understand that failure is an ev- inevitable and a necessary part of growth. That being said, the greatest professionals also can learn from the failures and near misses of others. And by the way, everyone listening, I mean, that's what Dave is, I mean, Dave shared some powerful illustrations from his personal experience, from those of other drivers that he's seen. And we're going to keep hitting those on future podcasts. And that's why we really want you to listen and re-listen to it, maybe multiple times to make sure this stuff is really, you know, sinking in and being a part of your daily practices. And number three, you can't think and act like a pro if you still believe that you're an amateur. And this is why it's so important to shift your identity, to recognize that you have the power right now to believe that you are a professional. Hmm. Well said. I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Well, Dave, Dave, moving forward on this, I mean, I know there are are shows coming, but a, a driver's out there listening to this right now. Maybe they have a question or a concern. What should they reach out to you for and how should they do it? Thank you for this opportunity. Our drivers probably have more impact on our enterprise success than any other vocation within Parkland USA. So we owe it to ourselves, our families, and our colleagues, our community to be professional. More is riding on professional than we sometimes realize conditions change and it's easy to become complacent. 
professionals keep their heads on a swivel. I mentioned earlier a driver who pulled a client out of a burning barn. Over time, the conditions within that building had changed. When we took on that client, the items inside the barn, the 10 tanks, the the propane tanks, the oxyacetylene tanks, they changed. And our drivers owe it to themselves and their colleagues to take a look at that and to reassess. It's so easy if you do things over and over again to accept small incremental changes and and it doesn't trip your spider sense. Say, wait a second here, this might really be too risky for what I've been asked to do, it's time for me to take a couple of photographs and to float this Mm. up through my chain of command. Uh, And I want drivers to be able to talk to me about surprising risks that they encounter. I, I have something called the concept of privilege, where I wear a white hat all the time. I am not engaged in punishment, in sanctions against bad behavior. I I would like to be thought of a little bit like a priest. I'm going to maintain (laughs) confidentiality. Um, I'm really that good. (laughs) (laughs) I will maintain confidentiality and go after the risks that our drivers may encounter in the workplace. They're, they're not just thing. The thing that I hear most commonly from drivers, believe it or not, are other drivers leaving garbage in the cab of the truck. I'm, I'm not actually talking about that. That can be handled by the dispatchers. But if you do encounter a delivery scenario, a location that really has too many attendant risks or you sense that things have changed since the HSC was conducted, please hmm. contact me directly and I will see after that. And if you want to be anonymous, I will preserve your anonymity. I want to eliminate risks so that we can all come home safely to our families. My email address is david.gurney, G-U-R-N-E-Y, at parklandusa.com. And I accept email from all quarters, and no subject is um, too um, sensitive uh, for me to handle. So please. Take advantage of that, and I promise you, I will see after it. Yeah, and for the listeners, if you if you didn't get and you're driving and you you can't remember David's email, that's okay. You can go to the show notes below this, and the email will be on there for you to reach out to him with questions. But yeah, Dave, that's powerful, man. You're the you're the priest of the highways, maintaining <laughs> well, confidentiality. It's convenient that my last name is identical to the bed on wheels, because if we don't. <laughs> exercise, due diligence, and operational excellence, all of us can be riding on a gurney. Okay. All right. (laughs) That's the effective mic drop for this episode. Thanks again, Dave. And hey, listeners, stay tuned because we've got another great episode coming your way soon. Your health matters. Sitting all day isn't great for our health and incorporating physical activity into your day helps counteract that. Our motion program is open to all employees and literally pays you to walk. You earn free money by walking a certain number of steps per day. This money is applied to your HSA bank account and can be used directly to pay for any doctor's visits, prescriptions, or anything else you'd use your health insurance for. The maximum amount of money you can earn over the year is $1,100. Many of our employees have lost significant weight, gotten healthier, and even slept better since they joined Motion. 
reach out to your dispatcher and people and culture manager for information on how to get started. It's that easy. Thanks for listening to the Winning Drive Podcast. Be on the lookout for a new episode soon.